You're experiencing the Authentic Chaos Podcast, an exploration into our inner selves and journeys of self-discovery. I'm your host, Vahagen Yernosian. Joining me today is a friend of mine, Stephen Ritchie. Hey, good to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you on. Uh, so Stephen is calling in from South Africa. I met him on my trip to Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, and we really hit it off. He actually uh, really helped me out when I was uh, I had some travel issues leaving Cambodia. Uh, he gave me a place to crash for the night, which was very appreciated. I thank you so much for that. No, I'm just happy to help, man. You definitely didn't have a boring sort of exit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Stephen, why don't you tell us, uh, tell a little bit about yourself to the audience, maybe a couple sentences, something that, you know, maybe you'd like people to know about you. South African, Cape Townian, born and bred. I, I might be the stereotype, <laughs> just not my accent. I always seem to, people always like, hey, you sound like you're from Joburg or Durban. <laughs> so that's my struggle, I suppose. Um, about me, yeah. Uh, I'm a software developer and then in my personal life, I think I'm a hobby enthusiast. <laughs> I, I got quite a lot of interests and I think you're yeah, just all around quite social person. I mean, I can highlight some hobbies or... <laughs> yeah, what, what are some of the hobbies that are exciting you lately? I've got kind of this thing where I try to keep like hobbies going, but like sometimes I'm like, cool, I've almost like ticked that box. Mm. Um, yeah. It almost feels like I've done a full circle experience. So um, the late, the ones that are sort of running and I'm quite into now, fire dancing, I do um, poi and the fire staff. I just pra started practicing at home. A friend was like, hey, you like niche hobby? Um, and this was sort of in response to me at the time being into roller skating, quite hardcore. Oh, nice. And oh, so, yeah. hardcore roller skating and fire know, dancing. Because, you know, like when people say roller skating, they think, you know, like it was the equivalent of going on an ice rink. They think, oh, you know, you just kind of go. You're like, you're probably all right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty hardcore. Um, <laughs> I, I do like lots of tricks and I don't know, I had the knack. Nice. I got a roller cane down here and I used to hit there weekly. I uh, sort of <laughs> got a bit injured. So that was sort of the, hey, that was fun next. But yeah. So you um, felt like you needed yeah. to up the ante and go to fire dancing? <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, as my friend was just like, hey, let me teach you this other niche skill. And so I started learning. I almost kind of gave up at the start because it's quite a learning curve, hey? Yeah, I can only learning. imagine. Yeah, it's um, many, many painful hours of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. But, you know, like, it, it's a lot of fun. You, you sort of get in a rhythm. There's even like some people who are really into it, like will say that it's kind of like a mental health thing to a sort of a state of flow. And that's kind of where you just have that hyper sort of focus, um, especially because of the, the sort of knowledge of imminent danger. <laughs> where you're like, well, we can't stop. It also motivates you because you're like, you know, like some hobbies, it's like you can sort of half do it. But the fire dancing, it's like, well, you either nail it. Or you, you know, you burn off your face. <laughs> so, <laughs> Have you singed any eyebrows? <laughs> no, I, I singed my beard once, but not that I ever grow like massive ones. Yeah. But I, I feel all the whiskers. I, yeah. I mean, I caught my shorts, shirts caught on fire a few times. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it's actually like sort of surreal. And so like you'll, you first won't notice. It's funny. Like mm -hmm. your body's warning detection system doesn't seem so like savvy in that like you'll just be like super flame in your shirt but you're so watching the crowd and thinking on what you're doing that you yeah, yeah. eventually you notice or someone points to you and it's like a thing where you have a spotter because fire dancers actually don't know they're like just on fire in a blaze sometimes like the air and stuff <laughs> it's too late someone points at you and be like 
Yeah, <laughs> we got a pro. Well, they, they'll say they'll point to your arm and they'll say arm, and then you know, okay, there's fire on my arm. Like, that sort of <laughs> I love that <laughs> you have someone to tell you, like, hey, you're on fire, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes at shows you can't really get that privilege. You just have to be careful. Yeah, it's just a big crowd, <laughs> and the crowd might, I suppose, uh, as crowds are, might catch on and be like, "Oh, cool, that looks fun." Let's also point and say something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine that can get confusing and of course like you know it makes sense that you want someone to like calmly say like hey you got a little flame on you because if like people panicked then you might panic right yeah i once did the stereotypical my friend was like hey you're on fire i'm like oh thank you and then i mean i almost felt like silly after that but but i almost actually like actually sometimes it's kind of off like when it's on and then like afterwards i'm like <sighs> That was bad. <laughs> we need to be better. Yeah. Because that's the realness. You're just looking, you're like, oh, that's happening with no warning signals. And you're like, you just kind of pat it off and you kind yeah. of go, I got a couple burns on part of the culture is to kind of, kind of go shirt off because it gets really hot and it's kind of going back to that kind of island sort of, I guess, heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a little bit, little, uh, need to be careful because, you know, there's no shirt to protect you. Yeah. But I mean, most of the time you're fine. It's just that quarter of that chance of something going wrong. That, yeah. That's really keeps you like alert and focused and kind of motivates you to just kind of perfect it. And it's really, it's like, uh, I like things when you learn moves, maybe that's why I like the roller skating. Mm, and like, like physical also, moves. Like, yeah. Like almost choreography. Yeah. Like, like tricks in a way. Right. You mentioned on the trip that you were also like a professional dancer at a point, right? Or like a, a near professional. <laughs> I'm going to fan myself. You're so cut. You, uh, I, I don't know if I'm professional, but I would say I'm quite an experienced dancer that's actually been put on hold. I mean, you know, I suppose if a, a good friend or a pretty girl like pulls me up, I'll be like, ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, like proactively learning and going out. But of course, yeah, I mean, I danced for like on and off, like I think 10 years. Yeah, that's a long uh, time. Learn. That's a long time to be committed to anything. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's funny that um, I actually started as like the most terrible dancer. <laughs> um, I think at the time, like I was in some sphere sort of struggling socially and I sort of needed mm. at that time kind of a, a way to develop kind of social skills, kind of know people. Yeah. And so um, I sort of got pulled into that and then I sort of actually liked the, the activity itself and got really into that. And yeah, ballroom and Latin dancing. I mean, <laughs> I can list like a whole stack, almost like a wrap of the different styles, you know, uh, yeah. Samba, mamba, rumba, <laughs> data, uh, what else, you know, the waltz, the, the sexy tango. So it's really fun. I recommend it to people. But for me, and I think there's a lot, there's a big learning curve. And so the reward out of it takes a while. And uh, it's quite like, it's not necessarily that comfort of your own home because when you're learning, you're like, oh, people are watching me. And it's quite in the open. But you know, really everyone's just focusing on what they're trying to learn and everyone's right. so panicky. They don't even know there's other people in the room, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, so that's a, a good point. And it's something that I'm, I try to stress to people that no one is like, even in general, like no one, we think that everyone is looking at us that like we do something that we think is embarrassing. We think it's embarrassing because everyone saw us doing it. But in reality, no one is really noticing anyone else doing anything. Like we're all so much, so like deep in our own heads and in our own spaces that we don't have the brain power to, you usually, we don't have the brain power to really be aware of like all the things you're doing or like that the people next to you are doing yeah 
I think like the that's the couple I suppose life lessons that I, I kind of learned was the one is that exactly you can't just think everyone's thinking of talking or thinking about you. Yeah. You can't let that even if they are or the perception of it like affect you. You know, you've got to, and you've got to kind of like do your own thing. You've got to like say, mm-hmm. you know, how do I want to live life? Um, how do I want to experience this? These people, the interactions are only so long. And I don't know, it's sort of, I like the the sort of experience of becoming like an extreme version of yourself. Take kind of focusing on hmm. not what kind of fits into society and so on, and what you should do, and what you almost uh, fear is sort of driving you to do, but. Rather, what do you want to do? What really kind of brings out what feels like true to yourself, mm-hmm. and so and I found that in sort of certain sort of activities and even people. Um, yeah. So for me, I guess that like on the dance floor, you know, you can sort of get a great example of okay, well, <laughs> guys, you know, the stereotype um, and I suppose typical thing is that we meant to go ask the girl to dance, right, um, and meant to lead. Yes. Yes. So. And especially like a very uh, socially anxious, at least at that stage, quite hectically to go out, to approach someone and almost seek like a sort of validation of like, mm-hmm. hey, do you want to dance with me? You know, am I, am I w- worth dancing with? And you, to yourself, you're like, am I good enough? Do I, you know, do I look good enough? You know, all those kind of things. And right. they accept. And sometimes they say, no, they're busy. And then it's like, <laughs> it's almost like a simulation of kind of approaching someone in a club, but you're going to be doing it a lot. And it's different in its own way. Yeah, even when you're doing the moves, like, not worrying about messing up, just and making it kind of fun. And so those are, I guess, sort of things I sort of found overcoming that really helped me in my dance journey. And now I'm sort of a high-end sort of, I suppose, intermediate dancer. So, nice. yeah. Um, I, I want to go back a little bit to what you said about being the most extreme version of yourself. So what are you becoming the extreme version with respect to? To myself. First sort of start where I got this kind of idea from, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I've made a friend, like a, a school friend that we disconnected for like maybe just, I don't know, like 10 years. It was one of yeah. my best friends because when I left school, I was just like, yeah, I'm out of here. I need a new space. Oh, sure. And so this friend, um, Adrian, he's a very good friend of mine. He's a very cool guy, uh, very insightful, and he's gone through a lot. And so it's interesting because when he was in school and a lot of schools, you're kind of a almost compacted version of yourself where you're not meant to stick out and so on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of that was what I saw in him, but I saw some traits and some interests. Then 10 years later, I see him and he's, I just call him the extreme version of that, you know, his artistic side became Mm. important in his art, his sort of humor kind of developed interests and sort of social circles. So that was sort of his case, kind of becoming that kind of, I guess, kind of wise and artistic sort of person. Yeah. Um, and for me, talk about it in the hobby sense, I, I, felt, I like developing passions. I also, I think things like self-care, like healthy lifestyle, that's, and sort of learning about like kind of exercise and things and, you know, finding hobbies that are passionate about, finding people who kind of share those passions. I think for me, like in, in humor, you know, I'm not quite like silly um, sort of humor, you know, a little bit insecure mm-hmm. about that at a stage, but you know, I, I can be pretty wild. Now I actually like performing. This is I think part of the reason I, <laughs> for a person who'd be scared to get on a stage or be seen, I have sort of developed it to someone who dancing, there's a showcase aspect. We saw quite the show uh, back in Chiang Mai. <laughs> Referring to the uh, to the burlesque, you were on stage putting on quite the show uh, <laughs> with your uh, yeah, yeah, with your yeah. uh, coconut bra, <laughs> your coconut bikini. Yeah, uh, that was a 
like one of the guys tour we kept saying like that was some wild stuff man <laughs> you know, hey you I were mean, vibing though you're putting on a great show you're really into it you weren't awkward at all it was great and that's maybe that's one of the other extreme features of myself is i'm pretty down for things like my friend Eddie says you know like you know i was the person so like, if you have some wild idea you just know reach out to steven steven wants to do it we did some crazy thing and i suppose that kind of just kind of willingness to just experience a new thing as yeah. kids the one thing we did was one day it's like cool man i got my bike we got some friends over i've got this idea let's take some roller skates let's just get a rope and let's just go with the bike <laughs> and i was like i'm down yeah i think as i said i like sort of performance things and i think people have become very important to me and things like sort of deeper kind of intellectual topics mm-hmm. and even things like causes like you know mental health and stuff these all things i've sort of my own through development and I guess personality have kind of grown into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the year <laughs> that um, cabaret show with the Mitchell yeah. act, that was pretty high up there though. Um, <laughs> that was the first time I tricked. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually my friends even have had quite a chuckle about all that whole experience. Yeah. So, um, okay. So it seems like, the extreme version of yourself then is relative to what you were in the past. Yes. So it's about kind of taking those, I guess, qualities that you liked about yourself, Mm -hmm. even if it's not like directly uh, moving towards it, but just that kind of process of taking that and just building upon it and making those kind of like, as opposed to asides or just aspects to like core part of your, your lifestyle and the things you talk about and just kind of, Take it as make those things like things you bring to the table in, in how you spend your time, how you yeah. interact with people. Um, so it's, it's kind of just like focusing, taking kind of all the chaos, all the kind of periphery things that are part of your life, but aren't important to you to a degree where you want to make your life kind of revolve around it and just kind of focusing on the cool things. Isn't this the nice thing about life, right? Is you can pick your favorites, uh, whether it's actively or just unconsciously and say, let's make this what my life's about make this the experience of someone interacts with me um, or wants to be friends with me that, that they're signing up for. It's a lot of I guess, accomplishment in it. I think you get rewarded also the type of people you meet or your kind of people. Uh, I would say, especially for humor. If you've got a type of humor, just embrace it. Like some people are scared that, yeah. that you know, their humor is too unsophisticated or too dark. And that's like already a key point of how people connect, right? The type of crowds they find. It's just, if you like something about yourself, if you find something about yourself, really creates a rewarding experience in life, uh, just go for it. People that sort of help those things shine or appreciate them, those are the ones to hold close. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So it, it sounds like this is like part of like a, almost like a finding yourself journey or like becoming who you want to be in a way. Yeah, exactly right. Certain parts of life sort of, when you don't have that kind of direction and something to focus on and to kind of motivate, something to be proud of even, you know, mm-hmm. and accomplishments and things that are actually matter to you, it can be tough. And, you know, when you start developing these things, you know, you, you start to learn about things you, you didn't even think you'd be interested in yeah. or things that you wouldn't, didn't even realize was going to be important to you. And I guess that's a cool journey. You know, you can almost take that journey and when you start where you sort of have a real reflection of kind of where it's gone is when you talk to people and they sort of ask you advice and you sort of reflect on it and, you know, say, hey, this is what I think is, you know, quite cool. And from my experience, this might work for you, might not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it has become important to me, I think. 
So I'm pondering on, you know, what am I wants in life? You know, what, what's an, even now, you know, all the way down the line. I think it's a continuous sort of journey, but I guess the experiences that come through it and maybe the dedication in some areas, they help you learn what's matters to you and what works and what doesn't work and what, what sort of you, your mind and your body sort of really, really needs, right? Yeah. What are the, some of the things that you've learned about yourself through this journey? It's interesting. The state, the state and environment you're in sort of almost forces a perspective on you. I always just think, because school is the extreme form of this, like I guess the chains of society in a way. So, I mean, I was quite an introvert at that stage and I was very much guided by people's opinions and what was cool and how to fit in because that was a tough thing for me to do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was really introverted. I actually didn't spend that much time with people. I'm a converted extrovert. That's not a good or think bad thing. It's just a different place. I think it's more a better fit for my skin. Yeah. And so I've even personality-wise become quite introverted, required quite, I guess, experience-orientated, and it's kind of up for things. Both open to ideas. I think the type of people I seek is sort of a quite specific. I sort of seek sort of certain sort of conversational journeys. And you know those ones where you chat and you're like so excited to get back to it. As opposed to just having kind of friends. I kind of feel like that's sort of the kind of connections I want and sort of seek. There's nothing like shit kind of two people sharing kind of different life journeys and finding those kind of overlaps and perspectives. That's cool. Just maybe to summarize or uh, to put it in my own words, it seems like maybe before in the friends area, you were looking for specific people but now you're maybe just looking for people. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's more the what person's kind of like as opposed to what they do, maybe. The person as opposed to what's associated with the person, their hobbies and, or whatever. I can definitely relate to that. I know in like college, grad school, and even early career, I would gravitate toward people who shared a lot of my similar interests, maybe who were also like very analytically minded or techies or something like that. Like a lot of my friends and when I moved to Seattle ended up being my coworkers. And it wasn't until later on that I decided I wanted to be more intentional about like just meeting people for being people instead of trying to fill my spaces with the same type of person just based on what their interests were. It creates opportunities also, right? Because then you can see what other people are kind of into as opposed to just what they're like, how their personality is kind of valuable in its own way. Mm-hmm. As opposed to assuming this is the way to kind of live, this is the way for a personality to be kind of valuable and enjoyable to you. And sort of, I guess, letting go of that and being like maybe the experience of the person and uh, I don't know, the pieces that put them together as opposed to just. You know, oh, totally. I 100% agree. I definitely felt this way. And I've seen friends who've done this in the past where like, yeah, you think, you know, the, like certain type of person that you are good friends with. And you look for those type of people, but you're potentially avoiding like meeting completely new people who could bring you to give you new experiences, give you new perspectives in life. A lot of the times people who have similar interests may have similar perspectives on life. So you're not really like gaining new ways of experiencing the world. I totally agree. Even just kind of comparing value systems lets, gives you such perspective. Yeah. And, you know, the, gift, the best gift we got to the kind of hobby sphere is giving someone a kind of a passion or, you know, a drive or piece of wisdom that actually sort of has a profound or like directional thing gives them sort of an altered cause. Maybe I've seen it from both directions, right? The one is like, you know, for instance, yeah, the spy dance down the line. I thank my friend so much. I'm like, just, you know, you've given me like such a kind of important piece of my uh, life in a way, right? That's what I feel about it. And it was just on a whim. He's like, oh, try this. He thinks 
you know, that'll suit me as a person and, you know, there's good intuition, I suppose. Not as much anymore, but I, I run sort of a, quite a bit of the board game community here down in Cape Town. It's not as big as the US one for sure, but it's growing. It's had some tough times and board games is a great example of that. I teach someone a board game. My ability to kind of assist facilitate the activity and make someone really come out and see the cool factor that is there and then seeing them like take this thing that they just kind of randomly tried, you know, just get people who were like probing, oh, let's find something to do. That seems something interesting. And then they try out a modern board game and they have you and other people who just kind of create an experience and make them feel accepted and just have, you know, kind of clean fun. Then, you know, they disappear and then you bump into them, you know, a couple months, couple years later, <laughs> and they're like almost as enthusiastic as you are. And you're like, they're just like, yeah, you know, this is now my thing. They're just kind of obsessed about it. And like, it's just, they've introduced all their friends to it. And you've almost like branched off a community. And that's awesome. Like, it's a great feeling, right? Yeah. It's almost empowering. Right? That's sort of, I suppose, when you kind of develop a bit of a empathy, I think, for people. It's kind of through things like that. You see how something impacts you and the kind of profound sort of effect it has on your personality and your lifestyle and your direction. And then you, cool, give that to someone else. And just because of how it made you feel... And you see that happen to them in their own way. I don't know. That's cool for me. Imagine you just give them their passion. That's like that they spend, you know, the rest of their life enjoying and they share that to other people. I don't know. Maybe that's community building in its own way, right? Just a community of sharing passions. You're kind of like helping them become the most extreme version of themselves in a way. Yeah, that's actually kind of a cool way to think about it. This is the tricky thing I think in facilitating is giving that initial kind of experience and first impression is quite important mm -hmm. and so you want to give people kind of that full experience they're not deterred because you know people it may be their thing but if their first experience is not good they may just give it up first impressions matter yeah no for sure it's <laughs> doesn't matter how like compatible it is with someone if it goes badly enough they're out hey? and they yeah. won't turn back giving it to them like you see people light up i think i like activities and it's I think this is why I like teaching people and doing hobbies to the point where I'm kind of like a mini expert in a domain where like I actually when I say something, I think it's a value to someone. Mm -hmm. And then you could kind of just offer that to someone else, see it help them on their journey. It's funny, like you, they could be living life one way for a long time and then they have a certain experience, a certain passion. You know, mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't even extended to traveling. And they realize that's sort of a key piece about them. They just didn't acknowledge or buried or just needed to be nurtured. Yeah. And a lot of cases, they don't know that it's a piece of them or it's something that they uncover through their journey. I have like similar thoughts along those lines that like we get so used to being in a certain path, thinking that you have like only certain interests and without exploring, you won't discover the other interests that you have. I take it a step further. I say like we put ourselves into a box and that you think you are one person, but really you could be whatever version of yourself you want to be if you like choose to take the journey and like make the decision to choose definitely like sort of like i think a, a choice aspect to seeing first kind of the enjoyment that you have and then kind of seeing also how it impacts you and maybe it lights up your day maybe yeah. it makes you kind of obsessing about research um or you just want to talk about it the whole time or yeah. you want to become an expert and then extending it to kind of other people. Let's stick on this line of thought, but I want to go back to one of your most recent hobbies, fire spinning. And let's explore a bit about 
how these learnings look for you. You started this new hobby, you're actively working on it. What are your feelings while you're doing this? What have you learned about yourself in the process of learning fire dancing? I've realized you don't have to be scared of fire. I seem to be a bad picker of um, activities in the sense. I seem to latch onto the ones I generally sort of am terrible at at the start. Maybe I get overlooked because of that. And so, you know, I was actually quite fire paranoid. Luckily, my dance journey had developed past a certain point where I felt comfortable sort of learning choreography and sort of, you know, coordination and that. What I found in this sort of hobby is first, and maybe with a lot of hobbies, finding a lifestyle that facilitates it and keeps you going. I liked walking yeah, and I liked seeing the spinning, but, you know, my focus kind of sometimes goes off or I lose kind of motivation. It's just kind of you there, not always feeling it. And so now in Corporate, I walk around the block. And I'm just fire spinning with my practice set. Oh, nice. Yeah. You make the things about it fun for you and you almost uh, renew the spark just through that. And, you know, I get my music in the background. Yeah. And I just kind of expand ideas. I've got a friend who's a photographer. He's kind of my, in a way, kind of personal sort of fire photographer. Yeah, he's like, you can even see his journey, like kind of learning the type of photography. Yeah. Way back, uh, it didn't start so good. And then I started posting nicer stuff and some stuff that we started posting on sort of social media that got some attention. <laughs> I'm funny enough, I'm even on stock photos. So sort of our hangout. Like, it's cool to have a thing. It's like, hey, this is our thing. You know, we hang out, we take some photos we talk about yeah and you've been growing there. together which is awesome developed our friendship where we can have this shared kind of thing we we're building when she got him to come to a show recently we did it on the beach it's called the clifton fire jam and he really loved that he was just kind of overwhelmed because it just went from only him and me kind of taking photos yeah to all i saw some of those people. photos and videos and they looked incredible you gotta get the building blocks right there yeah. it's called the, the basic weave which is just your ability um it's almost the basic in dancing your ability to move around and change orientation in a kind of cool, presentable way. Yeah, there's a couple sort of core tools. And my friend taught me sort of them, so I didn't even use that much YouTube. But then from there, like most people, I think would stick to YouTube and f follow quite a sort of strict regime of steps. And I think that's really cool and probably very, very hireable if you ever get to like a professional level. Me, I like figuring out moves, come up with one of my own. Fun um, that way. And like, it'll be more natural. It'll be more natural with your body movements. Think about this though, hey? like no one's got my style. I guess like what I offer is like kind of cool because it's not comparable to a degree, which is cool because then you're like, well, they're really good in their own way, but I'm really good in my way. And so I'm not just like a, on a scale to 10, you know, my, my own experience to see. I've sort of figured out some choreography and moves. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what? when I was out of ideas, I just watched a YouTube video, like kind of like what that guy's doing. Let me sort of adapt it yeah. or try it out. Then I went onto the fire because you start a lot of practice sets with the safety and you have to uh, building blocks. And then yeah, you're on fire, which is your anxiety raises. And so... After a little bit, like that initial anxiety spike kind of starts to wear off even in your first sort of uh, show. Mm -hmm. And then each time it's sort of lower each time. Just kind of trying to find new ways, styles and new things. I put quite a repertoire. I think that's one of my selling points is play around and then that's a good idea. Let me refine that and focus it down is that yeah. people want to show me like, wow, you can do so many cool things. And I've started doing this aerial moves and no one's doing that. It's quite cool. You know, it's funny. <laughs> Physically, I learned a lot. Um, besides just, just discipline, I learned uh, hand-eye coordination with mm -hmm. my throwing stuff. You know, I developed some strength in some areas because some moves are like very, if you're not strong enough, like I, you can't even do them the way I want to do them. So I had to develop that, had to coordination, just keeping track of where the 
depends what it is, but the poi, because they're sort of on chains, there's uh, that spatial awareness mm-hmm. and keeping the, the movements actually being where you think they are, because when they're not where you think you are, that's when you're in trouble. The staff, at least, is more forgiving in that regard, but the staff comes with the issue because you then you got to learn balance an object on yourself to when you're lopsided because of a weight, you know, and so in a different kind of orientation. So I feel like I've almost done like a couple intro courses into physical development <laughs> as a broad sports system, I guess. So that was cool. No, it was a lot of those things maybe weren't my strengths. And now it's just like nothing. At this stage, I'd say I'm starting to get to that very, quite a high level where, you know, considering moving into more, getting hired for events and, you know, like it's not about the money, but there's recognition in that. And I think yeah. I'm getting to that sort of level. We've got a big uh, fire festival on the weekend, so I'm going to hopefully show off some skills. There's international people coming, and so I'm going to see how I compare with the big boys. <laughs> so you know, hopefully my journey is, shows off there. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awesome. It'll be awesome to share experiences with uh, folks who've been learning from other places, maybe even some people who are have more of that traditional influence in them, like more of the Islander culture. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot to learn in this. Have these learnings that you've made through fire spinning and your other hobbies, have you taken lessons from them into other parts of your life? Yeah, I think so. It's a mixture of lessons I've learned from this and lessons I've built upon that have taken into this. Just performance as a thing. I've learned a lot there just being actually kind of proud and excited to kind of show off what you've got to get people's feedback and enjoying that as opposed to trying to hide away and not be in the spotlight Mm -hmm. and also kind of handling that kind of attention in a good way so that's sort of one aspect there's a trust yourself thing in any sort of danger activity right i mean even ones that aren't right i've uh, at least got comfortable in um, another thing i picked up is improv comedy oh really (laughs) yeah i've realized like trust yourself just in extreme sports it's not the only place you need that right yeah Trust that what you say gets, you know, well received. What you say is fine or it's funny. Your movements look, you know, cool. Um, Your accents are kind of cool. In the fire sense, you know, dropping something is fine. I think the just kind of learning to do something fully, like, because you have to perfect moves. And there's kind of like, I guess a little bit of pride in that. Just sculpting something to the point that you feel very skilled in it. The sort of confidence and self-trust have sort of been good life lessons for me. And just tenacity, you know, every time you think, oh, this is going nowhere or, oh, I'll never get to that sort of level I see. The thing with this internet and things is you watch stuff and it's very daunting. Yeah. It's kind of like the gym experience, right? You go to gym, you're like, oh, you know, maybe I'm a tough guy or whatever. And then you sit down and then you've got this massive guy, you know, he's making machine noises (laughs) (laughs) and you're like, oh my goodness, how do I get there? Yeah, right. Um, Yeah. All of a sudden, like, part of it is don't compare yourself to other people doing the thing you're doing also um, accepting there's going to be people better than you and just look at rather what they offer and rather take that as we're so um your journey has definitely been like very interesting and like very expansive you've started many years ago but let's say for the people who haven't really started this journey or who are early on in this journey what advice would you have for them like someone in the audience wants to become the more most extreme version of themselves what's some advice that you'd have for them on how they could do it first thing is go for it it's worth it it's rewarding coming from someone who doesn't have you know necessarily interests and hobbies and defining sort of characteristics and becoming someone who 
almost as an aura to people and you you have passions and excited to spend your time on these things and to get up in the morning how do you get there first look for where you want to develop a lot of things are tied to maybe sort of self-esteem and what's going on in your life and these sort of things help you through them but also you need to sort of take charge of those things so they don't hinder you and so you be in a good mind space think about what do you really enjoy? What are the characteristics you kind of think that you know, other people like that you're proud of? And imagine yourself maybe being the almost the embodiment of that. If you just like being uh, entertaining, imagine yourself just kind of being super performance orientated and funny and you just draw a crowd or maybe you're quite technical, then take on some hobbies that really challenge you. Find the things that are important to you and maybe things that are, are gonna help you in life, like having those skills might be useful, you know. Mm things that develop sort of people skills is very useful in life, right? Becoming very good at something makes you very interesting that you can bring to the table and the discipline to learn these things. So maybe just kind of visualize kind of the benefits. What is the cool factors? Like what do you put to the table in the world? Like what makes you kind of an individual and you shine and you differentiate it and makes you feel good? The idea of like when certain people around you are they make you feel good and you really like the way you are around now extend that to sort of activities and maybe even how people respond to your activities and interests and then just put in the time right but also put in the time that makes it fun at this stage you know i used to just do things to get the results it's about the journey so yeah rather than saying you know oh, i'm gonna run faster just be like okay i want to learn how to run better how do I make this fun? Then maybe get some music or find a community. You know, in the fire, I met some of the other people. Just learn, finding people, surrounding people who are passionate about these things, who have more knowledge. It's empowering and it really helps. And then got a buddy you do it with, then you almost will keep each other sort of motivated because, you know, you both want to like keep up with the other one and be open to like things. You first got to find these kind of potential passions and you first got to experience personality qualities in yourself to the point where you like, I want that to be important. You know, for me, it was, I want to be, you know, able to kind of in a discussion, kind of have something kind of deep, you know, go into like philosophy, maybe things that, that you feel are holding you back. Maybe just find ways to get around that or active things that help you develop through that. It's cool to get to a point where you're like, I don't know if you want to feel like a rock star in life, but get, you know what I mean? You want, you want to feel like life's good and you're excited about it. You know what? Right. I feel like you should feel like a rock star. You should feel like the main character in your story because you are. Yes, that's exactly. Feel like the main character in your story. What makes you stick out and identifiable, even valuable? Don't, don't try to just be better at the things that other people are good at um, because you're comparing yourself to them. Rather, find the things that you want to be good at, that you feel you can be good at, and just get really good at that. And then people will immediately see your journey and your passion and the results and you're going to find your crowd just find ways to choose things that are actually important hard to determine what's really important to you and what just people think but if you're on a journey where you feel like you're gaining insight it's probably a good journey like when you can reflect and be like wow you know i used to think that now i think this you almost feel like you, you start becoming someone that could give advice to your parcel that kind of thing. Then it means like you're in a position where you want to bring your past self to that position and maybe you start extending that to other people. Then you know you're on a good journey. I think that's all great advice. I think that's a, like really excellent for people to hear. It all comes down to be aware of yourself, trust yourself and Try to make these things and life as enjoyable as possible. Fill it with good people, fill it with things you enjoy. And don't worry about how long the process takes. It's a journey. Enjoy the journey. Keep it rewarding. 
keep it fun. Yeah. Also just kind of get your social circles into it yeah. or somehow tied to it because that's nice where you, you're not just on your own and that you've made some friends in it or you've found some mentors, <laughs> senpai. Yeah, it's true. Well, Stephen, this was a fantastic chat. I think we're going to wrap it up here, but you are more than welcome to come back on the podcast anytime you want. I would love to hear more about your thoughts. I listen to your podcast a lot. and Oh, thank you. It's, it's really cool experiencing it for myself. So keep up the good work, man. Thank you. This is a great chat. And thank you for listening in on this uh, and experiencing this conversation with us. If you're listening on YouTube or Spotify, make sure to like or favorite. Subscribe slash follow podcast. It helps out a lot. Follow our Instagram for more updates and more random thoughts that I have about behind the scenes stuff on the podcast. And as always, embrace your chaos with kindness. 